While directing Fiddler on the Roof, director Norman Jewison encountered a rock opera by two British boys. He was intrigued and would go on to adapt that album into a film, a film that garnered criticism from religious groups and received mixed reviews from critics. That was Jesus Christ Superstar. And this is Godfellas! And welcome to Godfellas, the small group that can tell you what's the buzz, tell you what's happening. I'm Mr. Zach. (laughs) I'm Mrs. Hannah. Hi, Mitch! (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, well, tonight, if you haven't uh, picked it up yet, we are going to be talking about the Andrew Lloyd Webber, Tim Rice, um... Well, I guess that that would be the album. So we're talking about the movie Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ Superstar, which is a a film that is a uh, not only from the seventies, but I is the seventies. I would yeah I would say. in a movie. It's the yes. entire decade. You want to know it what is, it was? It is the band. Yes, in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen. I have very, very exciting news. We have made friends with yet another podcast, but this is more than, than, than just a podcast. This is a man. This is a wonderful man, a wonderful father, a wonderful uh, host of events. He's very good at the game Blockbuster. Um, naturally very funny. He is the host of the Creator Podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Mr. Drew Forster. Thank you very much. And, uh, and, and more than, you know, podcast buddies, I feel like you two, uh, sort of, you know, bookend of my, my life in some ways at this point, uh, oh. Anna, your mom was, was an assistant to my parents very early in her, uh, career with the Salvation Army. I think before yes. she had, had ever even met Bill Furman. So this is going way yeah. back. And <laughs> then can Zach confirm that <laughs> your parents were my parents pastors up there in Old Orchard Beach. So I feel like in, right. in the two of you, I've got this like um, gap in my <laughs> life of about 38 years or something like that. Um, that it's sort <laughs> of represented in the two of you. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Godfellas is the beginning and the end. So, oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, Drew, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the Creator Podcast? Yeah, uh, we're into our third season now with uh, with my co-host Darrell Houston, and uh, and basically what we um, look at in in these conversations is the intersection of uh, creativity and faith, and. Um, as much as we would like to really get beyond uh, the bounds of the Salvation Army, a lot of the people that we've spoken to are our connections there. Um, we actually just had our first uh, Jewish guest, uh, a, a friend of mine from awesome. my acapella group in college. Um, and he is now a cantor in a, a temple on Long Island. And so cool. um, that cool. was really a, a neat experience to sort of talk about um how they plan for a worship service and, mm. um, oh. and, and that kind of stuff, the, the similarities and the differences. 
Um, seems like there's a lot more similarities than there are differences when he described his role as a cantor and he's actually studying to be a <laughs> rabbi now. Um, wow. But yeah, so we've, we've talked to a variety of different uh, people with a, a whole lot of variety of creative out, um, creative endeavors, right? So we talked to right. uh, Katie Luce, who writes the script for the Jesus Theater that's performed at numerous Salvation Army camps uh, around the Northeast and I think across the country now. Um, we've spoken to, mm-hmm. to woodworkers. We've spoken to musicians. Mm-hmm. We've spoken to uh, outside worship, you know, and, and they are um, trying to trying to really mentor other worship leaders um, and, and have been friends for a very long time. And, and so um, it's been a, a, a terrific experience talking to all of these different creators about what they're up to and, um, and, and just sort of that intersection of faith and creativity in general. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, kind of the, the question that I more or less ask all the guests is um, when it comes to being Christians or, or people of the, the Christian faith, I, I guess, what are the rules for creativity? And I know that that's a nice and you can give a nice, concise answer to, to that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of the people that, that we have spoken to um, have tended not to go in for the rules-oriented uh, world that sometimes is Christian. Um, right. I, I think they've mm-hmm. often found themselves a little bit on the outside of that, you know, rules-oriented um, uh, approach. Uh, well, you, you can't sing songs like that in church, um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So... I guess I feel like we we talk to a lot of boundary pushers, I think, or yeah. at least a lot of people who want to think outside the box. Um, and uh, and actually, Darrell and I, when he was my pastor, we worked together on our worship committee to, to think about how can we not just take the same bulletin that we used last week, change the titles and change the names and, and rinse <laughs> yeah. and repeat this experience. How can we make this something that actually mm. um, gets people to think a little bit more, gets people to yeah. um, consider God in a different way? Um, sometimes using secular video clips in, you know, in, in a church service um, to, yeah. uh, to to just get people to, to approach the gospel in a different way, using a variety of, um, you know, dramatic presentations of the gospel and that kind of thing. So. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not so much about the rules. I, I think I, I, I want us to get beyond that and, and really experience God mm. in, a, in a personal way and, and recognize that people experience God in, in a variety of different ways and, uh, yeah. and, and trying to be as creative as possible uh, to facilitate those opportunities. Absolutely. Mm. Well, speaking of boundary pushing, uh, let's get into our topic for today, Jesus Christ superstar. So, uh, Drew, I I was going to say, I don't know if you know this, but why would you? Um, years ago, when I moved to Dayton, uh, Ohio, I was with Mitch and his parents were my boss and they were saying, um, would, would you ever think about uh, doing a musical? And we had a conversation about, well, you know, could we do Jesus Christ superstar? And ended up watching it with with everybody, and the general consensus was no, because like a lot of church shows, you can get away with people who aren't really singers, but maybe they're like fun to watch. And Jesus Christ Superstar is kind of the opposite, where like 
the actors don't need to be that good. You need people who can sing. But uh, Mitch, you already knew about Jesus Christ Superstar. So I'm curious, how did you encounter that for the first time? You know, I don't remember. I think I remember it being presented to me as the anti-God spell. Interesting. Uh, It's like, hey, if God spell isn't quite your thing, check out Jesus Christ Superstar. I have love in my heart for both of them. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, incredibly different shows. But yeah, you're right, Zach. I do remember we collectively looked around the room and said, we don't have the singers for this one. (laughs) I also feel like Godspell is the one that is safe for church and and Superstar isn't really safe for church, right? Um, Right. Yeah, I I mean, at the time, uh, Superstar dredged up a lot of of controversy and and Godspell is a little bit safer for Christian audiences. Mm. Yeah, Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And Hannah, you were aware but you had not seen it until this past monday correct correct mm. oh wow yeah. well, well, well what did you... i had seen bits yeah. and pieces of the uh 2018 live one on nbc which well i even remember like <laughs> not super <laughs> well I, re- I remember when that one came out and people were like texting me and they're like you like this show and i was like uh not this show, I don't think. I'm not trying to swing for the fences or offend any of the, the listeners, but this is just speaking for me personally. Sure. Whenever something's like Tyler Perry presents, I'm normally like, I'm out. That's not for me. Personally, that's not yeah. you know, a project I'm going to get jazzed about. I have never, I have never gotten into the Tyler Perry stuff uh, either, in part because a lot of the white people that I know that seem to love Tyler Perry um, were kind of racist. <laughs> and I didn't want to be, you know, <laughs> kind of racist. Yeah. Well, if yeah, I may, yeah, yeah. I, my other exposure with this musical was actually in 2018 when Zach and I were in a traveling production of Godspell. And I remember being in the car and he kept playing, um, is it called Gethsemane? Like, is that the name of the song? Yeah, yeah just he the kept, part where he does the, what? Yeah, he kept playing it over and over again. Because it's great. Because it's well, I I tried to work the um the Heaven on Their Minds riff that dun 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 because during in Godspell when Jesus is dying, it just says guitar solo in the music. So I was like, ooh, I wonder if I could fit this in and it it didn't work. Didn't work on which is unfortunate. But Hannah, when when Zach did that, did you decide and this will be my future husband? No, no. Well, it was weird because it would be like that one moment and then it'd be like Captain Hook's lullaby or whatever. Captain Hook's waltz. There we go. <laughs> the next sucks. It was more like, what kind of music does that like? All of it. <laughs> all, all of it is the answer. <laughs> so, so uh, Drew, what made... Now, we met officially a few months ago and you know whenever you meet another podcaster in real life it's like ooh, well we should work together especially when it's about creativity and and jesus so we kind of like threw some ideas back and forth and i was like when you have something like that you feel really strongly uh <laughs> yeah there's smoke it's incense there's incense not, burning yeah. it, it's not i don't know if you noticed you the can smoke tell the coming truth. From- <laughs> <laughs> it's the 70s no um but so I was talking to Drew and I was like, when you have something that you really want to talk about, let me know. And a couple, a few days or a week ago, he messaged me and he's like, Jesus Christ, superstar. Just that's what I want. And I was immediately like, I'm in because I've wanted yeah. to do this one. I've wanted to do this one, but it's like, I didn't want someone who was just going to come in and like 
for lack of a better term, poo-poo it? Like, because, you know, people are like, oh, weird, boom. So, Drew, why did you want to talk about this one? Well, it is my favorite rock opera, uh, Christian or secular, you know. Mm. <laughs> well, Fair. I don't know if, I, I'm not sure if when Andy Warhol wrote this, he thought that it was going to become, um, you know, like a new genre, that, that all of a sudden there'd be a bunch of rock operas. I guess in, in doing the research, um, I, I found that, um, and I know it was Andrew Lloyd Webber, by the way, that I was joking about Andrew, Andy, Andy Warhol. Um, but, but I found out that Amazing. initially it was actually just kind of a concept album. They didn't see this as right. a show. It was just going to be an right. audio experience. I didn't actually know that until I was researching for this podcast episode. But my first encounter yeah. with it, uh, and, and I should mention that the film came out the year that I was born. So I am of a very different generation from you guys. Um, and we are talking about something that, that came out now nearly 50 years ago. Um, wow. But uh, but I first saw it uh, on my college campus. Um, the, the movie? And or? No, no. They they did a production of well, it uh, on uh, my college okay. campus. Um, that was my first exposure to, to Superstar, you know, as a show. Um, right. And I was uh, particularly taken with the... Uh, one of the things about Superstar is that um, kind of famously they've cast black actors as Judas um, and Judas right. is the main character opposite Jesus in the film. Um, yeah. if, when you read the Bible, it looks like Judas has a bit part. He is like the other, <laughs> uh, the other main protagonist here. Uh, but there was yeah. a, a woman named uh, Okwi Okpakwasili who was the, the Judas character, she was striking. Her voice was unbelievable. Um, she is. She has now gone on to win several uh, Bessie Awards and a MacArthur Fellowship. Um, oh, wow. So wow. she's that good. Like, she is wow. world class. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I just happened to be an undergrad at the same time she was. And, and she was in this production. Absolutely stole the show. Um, right. And I kind of fell in love with, with Superstar at that point. Um, wow. And then, you know, discovered the Broadway recording and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, the movie is a little bit of a different, you know, thing. And, and as it turns out, the Broadway show kind of met with, you know, tepid response. It was far more popular yeah. in London mm -hmm. than it was in New York. It had a like an eight year sure. run in London where it, it ran for less than two years in New York. Um, and some people loved it and some people hated it. Um, mm -hmm. So. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the film version is, uh, is slightly different, has some, you know, has, has some notable differences in it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it absolutely is that, uh, that decade. I love that comment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I, we will now, we will get into talking about the actual movie, which do, Drew, I do want to go back to when you were saying about that you saw it as a production first, cause I yeah. remember when Mitch and I were just throwing around the idea of like, could we direct this thinking? this would be like such a challenge like this would be because godspell is like you know it's it's parables and some songs so it's kind of you have as much you could be as wild as you want or you could be as like you know whatever right but um the jesus christ superstar because i think it was not written to be on the stage there's that freedom of you know we could do whatever we want so then when you're trying to move that to you know you know, a, a production that people are going to come and see live. Mm. It's definitely like a real challenge. So, you know, I have respect for anyone who's tried to to do this, even Lin-Manuel Miranda. So, uh, I, I 
You know, hey, <laughs> we had to talk about it. It had it had to come up. But um, but as we're getting started, I, I'd just love to hear. Um, I'd love to talk about some of our our favorite songs and some of our favorite uh, elements of the movie. And I'll, I'll get it started. My favorite thing in this movie by far is Carl Anderson as Judas. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. From Same for me. Yeah, I'd say my favorite moment is. Him reprising, I don't know how to love him. Maybe yes. one of my favorite moments in, in a musical period. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the combination of his performance and the cinematography in the second song in Heaven on Their Minds. Yeah. Oh my yes. goodness. I mean, the notion of shooting a guy singing and then backing yeah. <laughs> up to shots that are, I think they must be a half mile away from him by the by the time yeah. that that camera pan and and i'm like this was shot without drones <laughs> yeah. i'm like yeah, how man. in the world yeah. did they actually pull that off um mm-hmm. but uh, but the tracking shots in the in the desert they had to be so hard to get um mm-hmm. and and then those guards that could be straight out of clockwork orange um yep. you know to me yep. heaven on their minds <laughs> is uh is incredible but i mean also just the opening you know the very opening lines of the show those guitar licks just always get oh my gosh yeah mm-hmm. It, yeah it was cool the first time i watched it thinking like oh this isn't you know gonna be it's not quite what I'm expecting. And then when you think rock opera, it's like, yeah, it makes it makes so much sense. That's why a lot of the music is so good. Some of it is not great. But uh, Han- Hannah, what? Are- well, yeah, that, I mean, at first, the uh, any time Carl Anderson sang, it was yep. mind blowing. Um, uh, and I felt like he was also definitely the best lip synker there. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. He almost made me think like the first time watching, I was like, is he singing for real? Like, there's yeah. no way. There's no right. way. Um, yeah. But I will say, I mean, I enjoyed the music. It's hard for me to really retain a lot of it after seeing it through. I knew, <laughs> I knew this. Well, I knew Gethsemane from you playing it. <laughs> You're welcome. I knew the just Jesus Christ. Yeah. Super that part. And then I knew, um, I don't know how to love him. But I Why? Say, Why did you know that one? I played the fifth. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a right pretty place, popular. I, it's a hit. It's a single. Like, people culturally, I feel like that's a karaoke song. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Not to the same degree like Day by Day from Godspell is, but right. I would say it's one of the singles from this show, and it does get sung oh, yeah. a lot. Uh, Mitch, so, do not do not distract from Hannah not wanting to answer this question. What is going <laughs> on? I used, to, I used to watch Glee a lot when I was younger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I'll start watching Glee if they have Jesus Christ Superstar. They have that on there. song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, hey, Zach, I would say that's that, a diamond in the rough. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the two songs that I have retained very much have. Oh no, the three. Yes. Uh, the what's the buzz? Um, <laughs> yes. I don't know what it's called, but she sings the try not to get worried, try not to. Hold. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. And then, um, Christ, you know I love you. Don't, Did you, you see, see I waved? waved? That was probably my favorite out of all of them. The, I mean, that's I like when the movie goes full musical, like when it just goes full. There's people dancing. There's the choruses leaping, singing. Yeah, like the leaping in that song had me. Scre- I would. 
I think I was audibly going, yes. You were. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When like when the movie really goes for it and it doesn't always work, I'll say that. But when the movie just goes crazy, that's when I like it the most, you know, like a song where we count all 39 lashes. Like, is it a good song? No, but the movie's going for it. So I'm like, okay, respect me. Yeah, some shades of Carmen there. That was not my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Shades of Carmen. Uh, Yeah, no, Hannah, I'm with you. I love the, um, the, um, the choreography, choreography, but I was thinking, um, Mitch and I actually talked about playing Annis and Caiaphas if we were going to direct it. Cut the protesting, forget the excuses. We want information, get up off the floor. We have the papers, we need to arrest him. You know his movements. Which yeah. is, uh, I think about that when I, when I watched it, I was like, uh, that's one of the great I did, regrets. Because you told me that before, I did watch... The movie with it was it was not those actors it was you and Mitch. We need him crucified. It's a, that's some of the most. I was gonna say it's it was easy to figure out who was gonna play Caiaphas. Yeah. It was not gonna be Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're all, we're all about subverting tropes here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, that's right. I, I also feel like you you either have to love or you have to hate like how 70s the movie is because it's very it's, it's very oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. well and For talking sure. about that you know the choreography on that number the you know the leaps and everything else mm-hmm. what you failed to mention is that the characters <laughs> just appear out of nowhere in the desert oh, yeah. yes. 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 Too. Yeah. it's such uh-huh. a it's such a 70s film effect um and you know just hilarious yeah, is that the great. one where they come out from behind the columns too? Yeah, yes, I thought that yes, was well done. I, that wasn't yeah, like an effect; yeah. they're just standing behind the column, then they pop out. So you could see that in a stage production if it were yes. to actually happen. But but some of the times when the people just just appeared out <laughs> no. of the clear blue sky was hilarious. <laughs> when when I pulled it up just because I wanted to have a little chuckle, I like when it's the shot of it's like the columns, and then there's the middle circle. And it's just Jesus appears. Yes. Right. Yes. On the middle. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I will say I did lean over to Hannah at one point and I said, uh, the guy who directed Fiddler on the Roof did this. And she was like, no, no, he didn't. That blew my mind. And I (laughs) forgot when Fiddler came out. So I almost thought that this was like pre Fiddler and his audition for Fiddler. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, no, this Jesus Christ Superstar was like his blank check movie. So, hey. Good. I love that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, moving on to things I didn't like. Um, oh wait, can we can we do one yeah, more yeah, thing yeah. I liked before we get oh, into absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> so first I wanted to ask you guys, how did you actually watch the movie? Because I had um, to get the DVD out of the library in order to see this film. <laughs> oh so, my goodness! I yeah. I own this movie on Blu-ray and I own the digital copy. I I'm I'm ready. <laughs> How about you, Mitch? I also own it. I also okay. own it, but I had to watch. I had to rent it on YouTube because I watched it at the office. Okay. So, mm. um, I'm married to Zach, so. <laughs> That's how I watch my movies. Yeah. Well, I never have to. I watched it a couple of weeks. I, I think even, you know, a week or two before I reached out to you, Zach. And so mm-hmm. I actually sat there taking notes while I was watching the movie in anticipation of this. And and one of the things I wrote down Amazing. on strange, strange things mystifying 
was Porno yes. Caiaphas. Like, why is he <laughs> shirtless? Why Why is it I, that a teacher yeah. of the law is shirtless? Yeah, the movie is like very, and I'm not saying I find it this way, but it seems very like sexy. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I mean, well, yeah. because the, the teachers era. of the law were sexy, <laughs> were with, they? With those big balloon hats or whatever in the yeah. world they were wearing, like it's so funny because yeah. on the one hand they hew like the closest to a, uh, a a Bible costume, you know, that you would traditionally see, except that they're shirtless mm-hmm. and that they're, you know, um, like I said, porno Caiaphas. Yeah. We need well, a more permanent solution to our problem. <laughs> well, it's interesting because originally when they were writing, like working on the script for like making this a movie, they thought like more Ben-Hur and Norman Jewison was just like, I have my own idea. Oh, I laughed out loud I, when I saw that on, on the yeah. wiki. I was like, Ben-Hur? <laughs> this is no I can't imagine. Ben-Hur. I can't imagine this being like taken as seriously as... Ben Hur is and Ben Hur wishes. Ben Hur wishes. <laughs> ben Hur walked. So Jesus Christ, superstar could, could run, leap yeah. out of out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> well, well, I, there are a few things though that, believe it or not, I'm not crazy about in in this one, and uh, I feel like this one is going to cause some some sparks, but um, I don't like Mary Magdalene's singing voice very much. Just something about it that I I can't like it takes me out of the movie, and I don't I don't know because it fits the time period perfectly, but I just I don't like it. Well, and I forget was yeah, she the was she the original singer from the album? I think so. I think oh. she was. I think she was the original singer from the album, and also um, like on Broadway, like she was the oh. Mary Magdalene. Sure. Yeah. Mitch, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say it's that timestamp thing. She has a very like balladeer singer, 70s, you know, sort of voice to me. I don't mind it. I there's a long list of singers in this show that stick out to me before her, (laughs) like Herod, for sure. You know, (laughs) he's one yard great singer, but yeah, but he could barely get the notes out, you know, oh, can yeah. I say my, my favorite line from Herod is get out of my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty are, good. Are you aware that sometimes in stage productions of Superstar, Herod is played as a drag queen? I did that not I would that. appreciate. Very I much. really like that actually. Well, and I mean, yeah. even the guy that they cast in the film, you could see him yes. going that route. You know what I mean? He just kind of yeah. jumps off the screen from that very first scene when the bus rolls in and he's like picking his hair out in a tank top. Yeah. He's like, you know, yeah. I am yeah. this decade embodied. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about the opening of the movie where they all show up on the bus? I like that. I this watch through really got that that thematic really hitting you over the head. You know, idea of like the superstar element, right? Like of the sure. the rocky theatrical. Was this you know Jesus figure? Was he you know legit or was he a, you know just a, the Beatles of this time period? Right. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I love framing the show that way, but it feels mm-hmm. like it maybe didn't work for you. I mean, it's it's one of those things where that ha- for me it felt very much like that happens and then the movie starts, like the same way how 
uh, you know, in Sound of Music, the first five minutes are are wide shots of Austria, but then you get that payoff where you get that amazing shot that, you know, just swoops in on Julie Andrews singing, and you're like, oh, it was all worth it. Whereas, for me, it was very much like the opening happened, and I was like, this is kind of cool, but then, like, it's like, okay, we're done with that, now the movie actually starts. Yeah, but I, I like your point, though, yeah. No, I agree with that. Like, I saw a traveling production of Godspell when I was a teenager, and, like, the intro to that show was, like, they played Queens under pressure and yes. did a little choreo drama. They did. Uh, that went I for, like, four or five minutes, right? And then the show began. And I, th- I, I thought that production was cool, but it was, like, disconnected. And I agree. I think this introduction is a cool way to frame it, but heaven on their minds is just such a bop and a great way you're yeah. like, well, well, and, and like such a cinematic <laughs> such an incredible cinematic experience i think they could have started yeah. with yeah. heaven on their minds there yeah um, absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's and a very I, I mean, different I, film i think you start that way you know what i mean I, in some ways right. i think and, and you also have to remember the times right as much as the world had changed in the 60s you're still talking about a culture in which most people went to church on Sunday it was still, you know, yeah. very much a part of their lives. And so it's almost like you have to announce, Hey, we're doing something here. Um, you know, and we're portraying Jesus as this rock star. And so we're doing this very on the nose, you know, rock star concert bus groupies, um, you know, pulls into <laughs> town kind of, kind of deal. Right. Um, so, and, and also, it also feels like it it wants the what I also got from it is that it wants to have one foot outside of reality. Like I, I think about uh in Last Temptation of the Christ where there's that title screen that says, This is not the gospel accounts, this is like a what if with Jesus. And it felt like this was kind of doing that same thing, like, hey, we're not actually telling the Bible story, we're kind of exploring some different elements, but this isn't like the real story. I also was kind of getting that vibe a little bit too. Yeah. It's an interesting idea, though, if it had started with Heaven on Their Minds, I mean, it would be even more Judas's show than yes. it is. Because I would almost say for me, one of the things I love about the show is it's it's Judas's show, oh, it right? It, it sure. is. It's definitely his show. If you start with Heaven on Their Minds, it's explicitly framing the musical as this is an exploration of Judas, right? Which right. to me would be really interesting. But I love your point. Yeah, I, I can understand why in. 70s you know or that era of america we're probably <laughs> yeah. not gonna go like hey this is an ode to judas iscariot Let's well, go. But it, i mean <laughs> i i also think just musically it's it's quite obvious that you know tim rice and frank lloyd wright when they were when they were writing this um <laughs> they they were really looking to feature the judas voice i mean that yeah, part yeah. is among the most demanding you know yeah. uh, parts to sing uh, in Absolutely. any production I can think of. Um, oh, sure. So it's very, it, you know, you, you're right. They, they had to sort of, um, I mean, Jesus gets the, gets the titular, uh, you know, call out there, but the show is all about Judas. And especially, you know, from the perspective, musically, your most talented singer has to play Judas in this show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, well, I mean, speaking of Jesus, what what did we think of the way that specifically the movie decided to portray our Lord and Savior? Well, number one, he doesn't have as good a voice as Judas. 
Um, no. His his he, voice he is can, really yeah. he can scream. It's he it's really scream. kind of a unique voice. It's not uh mm-hmm. you know it's not an immediately um a, attractive sound or or that kind of yeah. thing. You know. Well, I believe he was a drummer, right, Ted Neely. Well, he was Ooh, like a drummer. Who, he was like a drummer who could sing. Well, and he was also cast um, performance unseen. Uh, yes. When Jewison wow. went out to see him, he was sick at the production and he took a meeting the next day. But he had like a jean jacket on and kind of a rock star look. And that was, you know, the basis <laughs> on which Jewison said he, he knew he'd found his Jesus. Uh, maybe he should have worked a little bit harder. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Do you I know who some Jesus... of the other people were that they were thinking about for that role? Tell, no, tell I us. would love to no, know. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, Mick Jagger is on the list. Short. Oh my goodness! Um, okay, yeah. Uh, way down the list was uh, Mickey Dolenz from the uh, from the Monkees. So and David yes. Cassidy. So those are sort of your brackets, right? Mick Jagger, right. John <laughs> Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ooh. Barry Gibb, Robert Plant, uh, and Ian. Wait, Gillum. wait, wait, wait. Can we pause and imagine a Barry Gibb Jesus Christ? No, like sliding doors, right? Sliding it's doors. That's all I ever wanted. I'm loving that Robert Plant idea, though. That's, that's oh my goodness. I mean, it is wild. If you to believe, think. if you believe in a multiverse, there's a multiverse where Barry Gibb is Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ superstar. I would, mm. I would submit there's a multiverse in which all of those guys. There's a Mick Jagger multiverse. There's yes. a John Lennon, a McCartney, a Robert Plant, and an Ian Gillum. It's crazy. Mm. I, I, I oh didn't look at. Gosh. I looked at Hannah one point, and I was like, I would love if they got like Bowie to play Jesus in this. Right. That would. I would love it so much. But then, then you'll get him in Last Temptation in a few years, people. But he's totally serious there. So. <laughs> I I don't I don't know Jesus kind of he seems over it in in this production like and I don't know if that just like comes down to Neely not really being an actor but he just seems kind of disinterested and like I I I don't know it it, it didn't work for me uh, Zachary um, I think yes. that you are being ableist here. <laughs> I think that you are interpreting <laughs> Neely's lazy, eye, lazy eye as disinterest. Yeah, uh-huh. Come on, man. Yeah. Be honest. I don't, it's because he's always I, looking I, off to the left. That's why you think he's not into that it. That was me. I We should admit that was me. I was like... <laughs> I, it was, Hannah said, there's something about my, his face. I was like, he has a lazy yeah, eye. Yeah, there's something I, not, I'm not proud of. <laughs> mm. It was, it was just, he never was smiling at anybody. He was always in a bad mood. <laughs> I kind of like, like that, though. Sure, I, like, sure. I love that you pointed out he doesn't have as pretty a voice or the technical ability of a Judas, right? But right. he has that raw belting power. And there's something, and, and gosh, I hope this isn't me being ableist and saying there's something about his lazy eye that makes him look distinct. But he does look distinct, right? Like, sure, definitely sure. not, like, classically handsome. But there's something, I think, that is still somewhat magnetic about his look and his sound. Like, oh, sure. I can understand well, I, why it would feel different. And you're like, oh, what's I he also doing, think you know? That, that in the 60s and 70s, to be, you know, um, mm. to be a, a rock star was different yeah. than it is yeah. today right like oh, they sure. weren't all produced yeah. they weren't all um sort of sort of put through some sort of 
corporate spin cycle to see if they would test well in front of audiences and stuff like that. So <laughs> I think you had a lot more, even Mick Jagger himself, like Mick Jagger from a physical perspective is not really an attractive yeah. person. He sort of no. oozes this sex appeal in a weird way, but like he's not a good looking guy per se. Yeah. Mm. Those rubber legs. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, while we're on the subject of Christ, what do we think Jesus Christ Superstar is trying to say? Because it, it, to me, it, it, I, I think I wrote this in my in my review. It is. I feel like them be the the movie be, isn't really able to explore the depths of its own soul because it's limited by being a rock opera. Like because every song, everything has to rhyme and everything has to like kind of flow. So there's a lot of really like powerful and thoughtful ideas that it that it brings up, but it seems like it can't, you know, go a hundred percent into those. And that could be because two nineteen year olds wrote this, or it could be because, you know, it it does have its limitations as being a rock opera. But I I it does feel like a little bit handicapped in the fact that like no one can talk about how they're feeling but also i like that it's open to interpretation like that's how i like to engage with art i don't like everything spoon-fed i just don't think the movie is able to be as powerful as it as it maybe could be i don't know how much more didactic you could get with this subject matter without Mm. the masses lighting america on fire what i mean by that is like i think this show is given a little bit of poetic license to explore some themes that are, you know, just as incendiary as like a last temptation of Christ. And I could be wrong, but from what I know, like it definitely had like resistance, but it wasn't like people were burning down movie theaters the way Mm -hmm. last temptation of Christ was received. Like it was like, people were just like, Oh, I can't believe you depict Jesus that way. But I could be, I could be definitely wrong about that. I don't know the history of the show as well. Um, one of my favorite lines from the from the wiki is that uh, the show was met with a massive dose of British indifference, even condescension, recalled Weber. Um, so there you go. Uh, and, and and so I think, first of all, you have to remember that it originated in the UK, that it, yes. it didn't start in the States. This was a UK show initially. Um, and so I, I don't know if the UK was more accepting of the sort of you know, questioning of was Jesus Christ, you know, really the Messiah? Was he the right person in the right place at the right time? Um, I think the overall message of the of the film and of the show in general uh, almost is you could put a question mark at the end of Superstar. It's like yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. superstar? Um, because, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think maybe, Zach, that gets a little bit at Neely's performance as well is because yeah. I think it's even trying to portray Jesus as not being 100% sure himself about yeah. whether he deserves mm. all this attention. And, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think they really play up the, you know, it, is he really going to be able to, you know, to go through with this mission kind of thing. So I, I really think the show is, uh, it has the entire cast questioning, and even I don't know how to love him, right? Everybody yeah. has questions yeah. about yeah. Jesus in this cast. Um, the, yeah. you know, the, the Pharisees and teachers of the law want to get rid of him. Um, and you know, Judas is like, I, I think it's become all about him and I don't think that's really right. 
Um, and right. so it, it's kind of like the whole show is really a questioning of who Jesus was, um, which was incredibly revolutionary 50 years ago, as far as, you know, the general culture went, like I said, still a, a very church going culture in general. Hmm. Yeah. How do you think? Yeah. This will- yeah, go ahead, Mitch. No, I was just going to say, like, have you ever seen like the clips of Bo Burnham when like people would shout out at his concerts and stuff like, I love you. And then he like breaks down what parasocial relationships are and how like unhealthy that is like <laughs> at his fans. I'm like, Oh, that's so interesting. But I mean, that's, that's sort of what the show to me kind of explores a little bit is like not necessarily parasocial relationships, but like the things we demand of celebrity figures oh, and sure. how we all ask of them, you know, to, to give us the things we need. Uh, right. Like every moment of Jesus life has been scrutinized <laughs> literally for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. You know, so even like something as small as, you know, uh, getting his feet washed and, and, and his hair washed, you know, has been like, we've written books on this, right. Of like, well, should that have gone to the poor? And, you know, what does it mean to pour out our worship <laughs> on the savior? Right. Like, can you imagine literally... the subreddits if Reddit had been around back then, it would have been yeah, insane. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. What what was for Jesus the man a moment of like sitting down and getting a, a, a nice you know what I mean like <laughs> look at this nice thing someone's doing for me yeah yeah Mitch, oh no now there's a, a Reddit thread on it yeah so Mitch why did you put that in my mind do you know how badly I now want to see a Jesus Christ superstar remake starring Bo Burnham as Jesus like <laughs> oh what? my goodness why did you oh put my that? goodness <laughs> this <laughs> multiverse thing who would play has Judas Gerard Carmichael would play well yes. I don't know if he sings but he does now in my he multiverse he will he will <laughs> he can sing i can just imagine like a multiverse where like uh john lennon's like publicist is like you gotta after right and imagine you gotta mm. give one to the christians so you're gonna be <laughs> jesus you're gonna be jesus <laughs> so so what do we think let let's say you know we have well not let, this is just the truth we have generations of people who are discovering and engaging with this kind of art for the first time. So I guess before we move on to, to our manner segment, I would, I'm just curious, like, what do we think that today's audience can take from this film? A ton. Um, one, one big thing I'd say for, we've hit this a bunch, but like, um, anyone, I guess, in, in, western society is probably at least familiar with the term like judas <laughs> like iscariot is like a betrayer right yes. uh you know you judas right um and i think if you have not seen the show you'll watch the show and you'll have a healthy appreciation for the nuances of what can lead someone to do you know something that it can be two-dimensionally thought of as like you know, an evil betrayal, right? Like this is about Judas doubts and about his very real concerns of what, you know, drove him to make the decisions he could have made, you know, and it's, it's completely fictionalized to be clear. Like this isn't in scripture, right. You know, um, but could have definitely been at play. So, you know, 19 year old Mitch, who was a big John green fan, he, he had this tagline saying, imagine people complexly. So I think it's a beautiful gift that we have a show that allows us to imagine one of history's, you know, most famous and tragic figures a little bit more complexly. That alone yes. is a gift. 
Well, um, and, and you, you know, could make the argument that Shakespeare turned Judas into Brutus, right? Uh, right. You know, right. to Brute. Um, but but I agree. I think this is a, a far more um, a far more full pictured uh, portrayal of, of Judas. I think one thing this generation uh, could could take away, and we've talked about sort of the uh, the sexy 70s factor here. Um, <laughs> but I was struck by the temple scene that it's more of a burlesque bazaar and it was less mm. about sort of capitalism yeah. and more about sex. Yes. Um, and yeah. I'm not really, yeah. you know, that's extra biblical, um, but it, it is interesting. And then Jesus like lays the smack down with falsetto violence. Like he just, you yeah. know, comes in there and, Ooh. uh, Temple. That's right. Um, <laughs> I love it. I, love I don't know. The hey, more I think about this, falsetto violence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I think you really missed an opportunity, Zach. I, I think you really could have done this superstar thing. Maybe you could have played all the roles. Um, I, I, yeah, I'll tell you what. If Maybe. we if this gets eighty likes, I'll I'll do it. <laughs> we'll uh we'll get all we'll get we'll pull from all of our Godfellas guests. There we go. Like a live. Just have Michael Williams do the show. It'll be great. Okay. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I will say, I know we've already touched on this, but I think just reiterating, like, I think that this film will probably, or this, this musical, this, this, <laughs> the, the collective, this, uh, will speak to a lot of people that are very, uh, deconstructing in their faith right now. Oh, sure. Like, I think, uh, because I think it prompts a lot of good questions about faith and, and personal, um, relationship I think that's something I'm even realizing now I feel like I'm still chewing on it like I feel like I've kind of been silent but I also I I don't think I fully processed everything I saw the other night uh in a good way because I'm I'm definitely interested and I I I'm still thinking on some of those questions I had myself you know um yeah so I think I think that's how it kind of applies to today is if if you're looking for some nice prompts uh for your own Oh yeah, like soul searching, faith seeking. Uh, I I would say that this will provide you a lot of questions. I think it also suggests sort of one of the central problems for Christianity as a religion going forward, and it sort of presents it as some of these things were issues right from the very beginning, right? Yeah, right. yeah. So exactly. you have this central figure, this messianic figure that has been waited for for centuries, for you know millennia. Um, he arrives. Uh, he's here briefly. He is a superstar. He is this beyond anybody's wildest imagination kind of person. And then yeah. he leaves. And and, yeah. and what do you have left after that, you know, central figure uh, leaves and, you know, in that last supper scene and for all you care. Um, and then, mm-hmm. and then Jesus getting mm. called a jaded Mandarin, by the way, uh, I, I had to look that yeah. one up cause I've been singing that yep. lyric for years and I'm like, what the world's <laughs> a jaded Mandarin. It was a hypocritical leader. Um, and so it gets back into that whole questioning thing, but I think it, it definitely mm. sort of sets up this thing of like, how do we as the church today go on when the central figure, um, you know, in his physical form was here 2000 years ago. Um, and, and, and what it sort of brings to light is there were some challenges from the very beginning with how the community around Jesus was going to respond and was going to carry on, was going to follow through with his, his ministry. So that's kind of been there from the very beginning. Um, so yeah, I think oh, that's absolutely. an interesting thought. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, go ahead, Mitch. 
Well, I was just going to say, like, of the shows we mentioned, like, A Godspell or, like, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and this, I would say, <laughs> having gone through deconstruction and reconstruction uh, and still in reconstruction, um, this is the most interesting show by far Yes, um, for yes. someone who's not a believer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. those yes. other shows are real inside baseball. Uh, this show, I think, has an interesting central premise of what we've hit on. Like, is he a Messiah? Was he at the right place at the right time? Right. Like that's, and for me, uh, being someone who's like, I don't, I don't want to be too like heretical. I'll just like say like what my personal view is. I'm okay with a little bit of both. Right. Like the idea that like Jesus was at the right place at the right time, but were the songs good? Like, was his message good enough that we should keep listening thousands of years later? Right. Like that mm. to me yeah. is, is an interesting question as well. Uh, so, you know, whatever you want to chalk up, you know, his, his incredible lasting, the endurance of his message. Um, I, I think it's worth an examination of uh, does what Jesus was peddling itself hold water for you? Uh, and is it transformative for you? Are those songs good? Mm. You know, like, uh, anyways. Well, well, I think before we, we move on, I, and then me being me and, and tying it into actual, like, what moves me, I, I will say I've never, if I have to watch one more movie of Jesus in the garden where he just kind of like whispers a little prayer and then everything is fine afterwards. Like, and there's just like little, by the way, there's some drops of blood. If I have to see that again, I'm going to lose it. And for this movie to essentially, he's having a full on screaming match with his father is like, uh, yeah, like, I believe this is someone who is struggling with what they have to go through. And that is, you know, not everything he says in the song, but the idea of Jesus wanting you know, to be relieved of, of that is in the scriptures and it's there. And we know that it was a very intense thing for him. And I feel like the movie really leans into that, which can maybe be a little off putting and some might say it's over the top, but to me, I would rather see that than another movie where, you know, quiet Jesus, you know, prays for 30 seconds and then goes like, okay, everything's going to be fine now. But like seeing him come to the conclusion is like very powerful. If the, Mm. if the passion of the Christ really focused on the physical violence of the crucifixion, I feel like superstar definitely gets into the emotional violence of the Mm. crucifixion. You know, it's all about, um, that, that, that time leading right up to the crucifixion and, and, everybody having these misgivings, including Christ himself, and, and that it's not, yeah. it's not to be taken lightly. This is heavy, heavy stuff that everybody's mm-hmm. dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like the fickleness of the mob, right? It, yes. When it's framed in this celebrity, you know, sort of, uh, you know, framing, then it makes total sense, you know, in our contemporary context, right? We're like, oh, yeah, we see you know, superstars, one hit wonders, you know, people who come and go, you know, all the time where we turn on, you know, like I I did have this annoying trite thought as I was watching of like, you know, the, the whole idea of a cancel culture, stuff like that, which is super reductive. I'm like, (laughs) but I mean, it, you know, the idea of like us turning on a dime on someone, 
yes. uh, because the song changed right on what they yes. were saying is so uh everlasting an idea so i was like yeah it's it's right there in, in jesus life you know jesus christ yeah. canceled star Amen. <laughs> <laughs> i'm super bummed i took this there by the way <laughs> a little bit well folks it's about that time where we're going to use our manners just like when they offered you more Hawaiian pizza at teen night, when I offer you more of a Jesus Christ superstar, I'd like for you to give me a yes, please, or a no, thank you. So, uh, Hannah, uh, we've got some boxes of uh, Hawaiian pizza. Can I interest you in some? I am willing to try uh, Hawaiian pizza again because I'm not sure how I feel about it. I think there's no. a lot that I'm that I'm chewing on, that I'm processing. <laughs> And I think it, it only only way to really know how I feel about it is to continue to dive deeper into what uh, all the content is. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Mitch got some uh, some Hawaiian pizza here. You know, it's teen night. Got to have the pizza. Uh, would you like some? Yeah, I, I, I don't like Hawaiian pizza, but I love this this musical. Um I think Zach, maybe something that you if I'm gonna I'm gonna project onto some of your reservations about a show like this. For me, it, it comes from some of the musical moments specifically. Like I'll just say rock operas in general tend to be pretty kitschy and, yeah. and embarrassing. Can for you me. name another rock and, opera? <laughs> rent. Okay, there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. Uh and, and so many others. Um and and I think because you're it's usually like spanning multiple kind of subgenres of rock and roll that like can be a little bit, I don't know, clumsy or like totally imbalanced musically, but but thematically what this show is getting into through the vehicle of, of you know of music. Again, like I love the idea that this could just be a concept album because I think yeah. the lyrics are so rich and what mm. we're kind of, you know, uh, getting into it, it's such a beautiful idea. Uh, it it totally works for me, and and I wish we had more, you know, religious art in this vein. Um, you know, like just to get personal with it, and then I'll get I'll drop them. I can get out of here. But there are days as a believer, I don't know if I believe in like a bodily resurrection of Jesus. Right? There are days when I'm like, oh, that makes sense, and there are days I'm like, I just don't know if I can believe that. What brings me coming coming back over and over again, uh, you know, to the table is the story of Jesus' life. It, you know, even when in my deepest season of doubt, when I'm like, I don't know if he, he is the Messiah, but the story of Jesus' life is compelling enough, and who Jesus was as a person is is compelling enough that it's worth, yes. you know, what I mean. It's worth taking that. Uh, intellectual risk and that emotional risk of like, oh, if I'm wrong, it's worth spending my entire life, you know, trying trying to get to the bottom of this story. So when I get art like this, it reminds me of how deep and mysterious that story is. So I I can only hope we get more shows and more art like it. Hmm. Well, that's that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Mitch. Um... To continue the analogy, though, uh, Drew, can I interest you in some uh, Hawaiian pizza? 
No youth pastor I ever knew went outside the two flavors of youth group pizza, which are cheese and pepperoni. Those are the only acceptable toppings yeah. in a youth group setting. Be. So, uh, so I also object to any characterization of a, of a youth group a youth pastor passing out Hawaiian pizza. Uh, also, not my favorite, uh, but I definitely say more, please. As I said, this is. Um, you know, my favorite rock opera, one of my favorite shows of all time. And I really would have enjoyed like Saul Paul blinded by the light or, you know, <laughs> Peter, the rock. Um, you know, I think they really yes. could have done a whole series of these. Um, and, and then we could bring it into, you know, like the modern era. And it's like Bill Hybels. And, and you know, the, <laughs> there's all kinds of controversy you could you could uh, stir up with some of these modern people. Um, let's not yeah. mention the Southern Baptists, but, um, mm. you know, <laughs> so yes, more please, uh, completely with this, uh, with this show. It is, uh, it's one of my favorite pieces of artwork ever. Mm. Well, and to agree with everyone else, I also, am not a fan of Hawaiian pizza, but here's why I chose it for the analogy, because it's a thing where Hawaiian pizza is not for everyone. But the people who like it, it's one of those things like you're either in or you're out. Like no one's kind of like, it's okay. Like you either love it or you hate it or you're like, or the middle, you're trying to understand it, you, you know? Well, and pineapple and I, is wonderful, chilled, but it shouldn't be cooked. And I love ham oh, sure. and I love pizza. But when you put all the elements together, yeah, I, I agree. It becomes an acquired taste. Exactly. And, <laughs> that, and that's why I went with that. Because I think Jesus Christ Superstar, watching it today is definitely going to be a bit of an acquired taste. It's, um, you know, it's going to ask a lot of the audience, but I think it's one where if you get it, you're going to love it. If you get on board with it, like at the beginning, if you're in, then you're in. Like, honestly, if you haven't seen this movie and you're thinking about checking it out, like if you don't like the first five minutes, stop watching because it only gets more well, don't you have to go like, 10 minutes I mean, don't you there. have to get to the second song get get to the second song at least get yeah. to what's the buzz tell me what's happening well that one too but, very catchy no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so th this is one where like for me it's it's one like yeah i know it's not for everybody but i really enjoy it and i really like it and if nobody else wants it that just means more for me So a few episodes, not a few, a few months ago. Uh, <laughs> and a few episodes. Uh, we played a game that was unusually tricky, and it could be the very same thing tonight. Um, so as we know, Anthony Floyd Webster um, Good. Composed, <laughs> composed Jesus Christ Superstar. Sign off on that. So, yeah. <laughs> I did steal your joke. Um, but. Uh, I mean, Anthony Lloyd, now I have to think, what's his real, no, Andrew Lloyd Webber has composed many a musical, Yes. so this game is called Andrew Lloyd Webber musical character or Disney character? Good. Incredible. <laughs> My whole so life has been building to this, by the way. <laughs> I'm ready. I try not to get the Disney characters are deep cuts, but they're not as deep as the very first time we played this game. Judas. So <laughs> let's see how it goes. All right. I'm ready. First one. It's just so basic. It's, it's Cassandra. Cassandra. I think I'm going to say Weber. 
I'm trying to remember and Phantom of the Opera. Yep, that's where I'm thinking. No, too. I, don't, I don't think that's right though. What but is the, the main? What's the sequel to Phantom of the Opera? Like Love Never Dies or something? Yeah. Weirdly, I know Love Never Dies a little better at this point than Phantom <laughs> of the Opera, and I don't remember Cassandra, mm. but I could be wrong. Well, luckily, we don't have to say the, the, the name. Wait, of are the we show. including Pixar and Disney? Are no Pixar in this. Okay. Okay. Well, just because you two are lean, leaning uh, Weber, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Walt and and call this one Disney. All right. All right. Ooh. I. I'm also gonna say Disney. I think it's Disney. I'll stick to my guns. All right. This is Disney. Hey! I quit. I'm out. Cassandra was the name of a character on the Hercules animated series. Okay. <laughs> These are still oh. such okay. deep cuts. <laughs> I like how you started. You're like, they're not gonna be that deep. They're not as deep. Show Hercules. <laughs> it's awesome. They're not. They're not as deep as old Mickey Mouse comic books. There but... might be. Do you know how much content there was in the '90s on Zach, the Disney when Channel? When was the last time we watched the Hercules show? Like the other day. When we were falling asleep. Like that's still. <laughs> When is the last time I actively watched it? Childhood. <laughs> Drew, did you know they made a Hercules TV show? Oh, I've watched every episode. Twice. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm ready. Well, this is going to be a fun game. When you watch the Hercules TV show, do you watch it in the original German, or do you do the subtitles? <laughs> the dub. I... I I do it all. I love Kevin Sorbo. I do. <laughs> all right. Next one. <laughs> Can't even say it. Jemima. Oh. Oh, no. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> well, the easy answer, I feel like, is vaguely racist. Probably Disney. Right. right. Probably. Probably. Go. Disney. That's where I'm leaning. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I'm going to go. Disney? Yes. Wait. That's not like one of the cats, is it? From cats. Mm. <laughs> what else is Andrew Lloyd Webber done? He's in cats, Span of the School Opera. School of Rock. Avita. Of, um, School of Rock. There's no Jemima in Avita. Acknowledge School of Rock, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> the best thing School of Rock gave us was the guy who plays Dewey. Yes, he's very good. <laughs> Alex uh, Brightman. Yeah. Uh, you know you. what? I'll go. I'll go Disney on this one. Actually, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> oh my oh word! What no. is it? This is the name of a cat that was not featured in the 2019. Whoa, film. whoa, whoa, whoa! It's okay, a cat okay. from the stage show. I thought you were gonna say it was not like didn't make it to the cut. I was gonna go how deep no, is? No, no, okay, no, fine, no. fine. No, but good for you, characters. Zach. Zach, you nailed it. You nailed you that nail it was it. a cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True to your heart. You must be true to your heart. Jenny Any Dots oh, was my favorite cat, so you know. Uh, me too. Jemima, no, the yeah. The I actually like played her was great. The railway cat. He's very uh, fussy. It's Rum Tum Tugger. Like <laughs> Rum Tum Tugger is my favorite. Right? Um, I was cracking up when I was finding the names for this. I could not stop laughing because I've not seen the, I've not seen Cats the show. Yet. I've not seen the movie. I know memory, but that's about it. Um, I know what we're doing tonight. I did not know. Oh no, I did not know there was a cat called Buster Jones. He's not skin oh, and yeah. bones. In fact, mm. yeah, Buster Jones is a big fat joke. I I hate it. Yeah, it's Sorry. really bad. Yeah, for like Just multiple the name songs. Buster though. Buster, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, I know the James Corden yeah. cat. Yeah. Oh, it's oh okay. They, that really they released the uh, web series of cats. Did you watch that at all or no? Wow! I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so excited. <laughs> I'm big up so on the, the Hercules TV show. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. I'm. My heart is ready. Denia. Denia. Man, these are you're really good very well done. Yes, yeah. it is incredibly yeah. well done. I'm impressed. Yeah. You're Thank really you. good at picking these. Um, I call myself Games Are for a reason. <laughs> I call myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Hmm. Denia. Denia. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I I should be clear. Um, Can you I, spell? Oh it? yeah. Can we get a spelling? This is like the, the spelling yes. bee meets the podcast. It's and, so exciting. And I feel like I have to ask a clarifying question. Are these characters who are? Are there any characters who would not have been named in the show? But like, because yes. I feel like this could easily be like one of the twelve sons in Joseph's wife or something is named Tanaya. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to no, be named um, in the show. This is named. Yes. Okay. Okay. Denia. Okay. Call Denia by her name. <laughs> it's D A N I A. Maybe Denia. Denia, Denia, Potato. Let's call this whole thing off. Um, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go Weber. Actually. Yeah, I'm. I'm ALW on this one as well. Would that be three Webers in a row? But you said it's random. I did randomize. Okay, so I'll say Weber then. You know, we're split right now. There's been one Disney, one Weber. Okay. Here's 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 the sick thing of it. I was in Joseph and Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Phantom of the Opera was the only thing I listened to from ages 14 to 16. And I still feel like I have no idea on this. So I'm furious <laughs> at you, Hannah. But I do think it's mm. Andrew Lloyd Webber. I got, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Oh no. I feel awful. <laughs> you should. It's, <laughs> it's Disney? It's Disney. What is it? She played, um, she was Tantor's girlfriend in the Tarzan anime. <laughs> I object. Do you feel to good this about that? Game. I object Anna, to the game. Do you feel good about that, Hannah? <laughs> if I'm expected to know secondary characters from the from 90s the TV animated show? TV shows, then I'll never win. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like the game is fun on its merits just in terms of the names themselves because they, they yes. both feel you. like they could, it's, you know, they could exist if, in each universe. I think that's the brilliance of the game. game. If we never played this game, Jimmy I wouldn't, wouldn't have found a name for his child. Oh, yeah, Motato Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> Motato Hughes. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that, you're right. I repent, Hannah. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, this is probably the last time we'll ever play this game. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I just hey, like don't. I are like you winning. out of? Are you out That's of right. crazy Disney names? Is that no, what it no, is? No, no, no. I still have a few more. Yeah, don't oh, don't doubt yourself here. I mean, you can't make this game like Jafar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. perfect the way it is, Hannah. Don't don't let them bully Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wait a sec. I object to being called a bully because I want it from a movie and not a 90s animated TV show. I feel like there's a happy medium to be found. But what yes, kind of I'm Disney sorry. fan are you, Mitch? Not, not big enough, clearly. Okay, the next one is Fleck. Oh, that sounds... That Fleck? sounds... 
not Flick, but Fleck. No, Fleck. Fleck. L E C K. Okay, played by Chevy Chase, right? Yes. He was was a reporter. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. That's a different guy. Not a movie that has aged well, by the way. Oh, no. Fletch. Yeah. (laughs) There's not a lot that Chevy Chase has done, period, that's probably aged very well. Yeah. Except for the Gerald Ford falling on the Christmas tree thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say. Black. Black. You know what? Not to sound like a broken record, I think I'm going to say Weber again. That's like a character from School of Rock. Like, oh, we got Fleck on the xylophone. <laughs> I was going to go for the wheels of steel there, but I'm going uh, Fleck as some sort of, um, you know, animal humanoid creature in some that, mm-hmm. in some Disney production. So I am saying on uh, the Aladdin TV show, he's Walt, Walt the Disney. genie's son. <laughs> I'm going to go Andrew Lloyd Webber because I know there are like 15 other shows he's done besides the six I know. So, <laughs> law of averages. He's got to be in here. He didn't do Pippin. That was Schwartz, right? Yes, that was Schwartz. Yeah. My friend, Stephen Schwartz. Um, Name I, drop. His legal When are you going to get him on the show, Anna? Yeah, never. <laughs> All right. That was Andrew Lloyd Webber. Boom. Ooh, what is it? Oh, wow. Flag- is a character in Love Never Dies. I knew it. I knew it because oh, I watched Lindsay Ellis' video on that. Is he one of the carnies? <laughs> I believe so. I'm not... I'll be clear. I am not familiar with really any Andrew Lloyd Webber show except for Phantom of the Opera. What? That's really the one to be aware of of his work. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, j- yeah, all right, Yes, yes. Uh, how right. many more do we have, Hannah? I want to know how we're do- um, what my chances are for winning. Four more. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, the next one. I'm hoping this one. Marie. Well, that could be both. Can I say both? Jack just left the room. I'm out. Marie. Well, now I can't think of a Disney movie with a Marie in it. I think you can. I don't think a hint. There's a hint. Marie. Marie. (laughs) Marie. I just met a girl named Marie. Marie. I mean, technically, the new West Side Story is a Disney film, so. It's an animated film. Oh. Oh, so it's a Disney. (laughs) So, okay, well, I'll just show the hint. It's busted. No, it's it's Andrew Lloyd's Webber famous animated musical. That's right. Phantom of the Opera. It's technically both. That's what I was going to say. So there is a Marie in Andrew Lloyd Webber's newest musical, Bad Cinderella. Bad Cinderella? Yeah. I thought it was just called Cinderella. Art was a mistake. But do you know the Marie in Disney? No. Mm-hmm. Well, there's... Give me a hint. Okay, hold on. Do you know the Marie? Yes, yes, I think yes. she's I'm pulling just... it up. Yes. There are two Marie's in Disney. I can't think of either one. One of them is named in a song. Da, da, da. Oh wait, <laughs> wait! Isn't the the one of the cats an Aristocat? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And there's the other. Everybody wants to be a cat. <laughs> That's not the right song. That's I know. It's, it's a different movie. 
Marie sings when you sing your scales in your arpeggios. Yes, yes. she does. Yes. With Toulouse. I don't know. I don't should know I, this should one. I give it away? Yes, please. Marie! The baguette. That's... Hurry oh, up. That's... Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, you should feel good about that one. You should feel Thank really you. good about that one. That was very powerful, Thank Hannah. Thank you. All right. Bad Cinderella. Bad Cinderella. Gosh. It was open for like three weeks, I think. Like, I, on West End. It wasn't in the state. It didn't make it to the States. Mm. <laughs> All right. Next one. Yes. Gangle. That sounds like some Disney nonsense to me, but that would be too easy, I think. Gangle. What if Hannah's tricking us? And she's put in another carny from Love Never Dies. I doesn't think, that sound like a carny? <sighs> I'm going to go say Disney. My knee jerk was Weber and I'm sticking with it. I'm mm. going to go Weber because I think you put another carny in there. I'm wise <laughs> to your game. You're absolutely right. I put another carny in there. <laughs> <laughs> Aha! We're starting to catch up to with the game. game with integrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They call Next me the one. prince of the prince of games. <laughs> <laughs> Who calls you that? I do. <laughs> the jester. The j- <laughs> All right. Ne- second to last one. Okay. Two more. Oh boy. Right, this one. This one's a first and a last name. Ooh. Rusty McCoy. That's got to be a Disney. That's that sounds be- very Disney to me. I, I agree, which is why I'm going with Weber. I think this was a, a, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a clever ruse. A, exactly. Yes. This was a, a conscious fake on Hannah's part. I am going Weber on this. Here's why I'm going to stick with Disney. There's a lot of 90s like live action Disney movies I just haven't seen. So yes. I'm not convinced this isn't a secondary character in like The Rocketeer or something, <laughs> you know? So Rusty I don't Mc- think the Rocketeer was a '90s Disney movie. <laughs> the Rocketeer with Bill. Wasn't Pitt? it earlier than the '90s? Okay, yeah, it could be '80s. I know, but that's Disney, yeah. right? Wait, wait. it know. is. Yeah. No, I should I should know the name of the four crewmen that went out in the finest hours since I worked for the National Coast Guard Museum Association. I don't think it's a a coastie from that movie either. <laughs> I'm st- I'm sticking with I'm sticking with musical theater here. Rusty McCoy right. was in a musical. It does also sound very musical when you say that. I am like, Rusty McCoy. Yeah, like, and, and you get your <laughs> the gun or something. The sailor of the seas. Okay, I'm sticking with Disney, though. It is Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, you clever, clever games are. Mm. <laughs> Rusty McCoy is the name of the lead in the hit musical Starlight Express. <laughs> The hit musical? Uh, that's it has the its fans. Hit? It yeah. has its fans. It does have its fans. It's, that's but, true. It has its fans. Sing I could not sing one bar of no. anything. No. Uh-uh. no. So, so this last one, I'm I'm just gonna guess Disney. Nope. Okay. Well You don't even want to know what it is? No, I don't know what it is, but Mata. Mata. Can I get a spell? Mata. M-A-T-T-A Well, now that is the name of the character Now that Disney oh, owns Sound of Music, that's the one little girl I'm Mata, and I'm gonna be 7 up. Good, there you go Good. I'm Brigitte <laughs> oh, oh, so 
Yeah, my name is- I'm going Disney just based on- Mata. There's been a lot of Webbers. There's been a lot of Webbers. I, I like it as that Disney also for, be... its, for its vaguely ethnic, but hard to identify yes. sort of sound. So, I'm gonna go Disney yeah, that, could, that could definitely be Mater from Cars' grandmother or something. <laughs> yes! <laughs> All I can hear in my head is in The Lion King when they do that joke of like, what's the matter with you? Mm -hmm. uh, was there like a bug they eat named Mata? I can't remember. Yes, yes. I don't know. It's got to be Disney, though. You know, you're onto something there with bugs. Oh, bugs like. So it's Disney. It cool. is Disney. I'll give you that. Can anyone guess? Well, bugs like is Pixar. Yeah, and I know that right. movie bugs. back and forth. Oh, 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 Princess and the Frog. No. Is it pr oh. What other bug Jiminy Disney Cricket? movies are there? No. The character is not a bug. But the character deals Lives with in the bugs. world of bugs. Mm. Uh, deals with bugs. I do not know. An what exterminator, is maybe? He serves I mean, bugs? Mata means, you know, to kill in Spanish. So, you know, kills bugs. Mm. No, there will only be one T. Also onto something there. <laughs> Spanish. Spanish. You wouldn't have a double T in Spanish, though. Bugs. Spanish uh, bugs. Mosquitoes. I don't know. So, Mata. I don't know if I'm saying the character name correctly. <laughs> uh, is the name of the waitress in Emperor's New Groove? Oh, you know, the the with the red hair, and she's she serves in the bugs. Okay. Does Zach's, she ever say her name in the movie? I could not tell you. I feel like that's fair game, though, because again, sure. it is a movie and not a yeah. <laughs> TV show. And not Ferdy Fieldmouse. And Rusty yeah. McCoy was the lead in a lesser known Andrew Lloyd Webber show. Yeah, so, yeah. that's yes, totally yes, that's on true. us. That's totally on us. <laughs> I feel like with the right crowd, they would have gotten a perfect score on this one. <laughs> I think some of my musical theater friends, when they listen to this, will probably like be screaming. Like that You'll we be excommunicated that. from the, the community, Mitch. That's okay. Well, uh, in conclusion, folks, if you can find Jesus Christ Superstar from 1973, and this episode is kind of a uh, captured your fancy uh give it a shot and let us know what you think we would love to engage with you on our instagram page uh that's really all we've got going on right now but uh we would love to talk with you if you want to reach out if you want to join our community the real lounge uh we, we would just love to talk about all of this all of this stuff with you but we are so grateful for our amazing incredible guest Mr. Drew Forrester. Drew, do you have Ooh. anything that you would like to plug before we uh, we wrap it up here? Oh, certainly uh, the Creator Podcast. We've had uh, a lot of fantastic, uh, fascinating conversations, and uh, and and I think there's some some crossover. Uh, I, I listened to your episode with the Swires, and I'm I'm definitely interested in getting <laughs> them on for uh, for the Creator Pod. Um, but yes. we've got yes. we've got Brittany Parks in the mix coming up. We've got uh, uh, we've Love got Brittany. Bill Rollins from back in the day. Yes. Some people might oh, remember yes. Bill. He is booked for an upcoming episode. So um, so definitely check out uh, the Creator Podcast and then uh, my little stupid um, T Public Redbubble shop, Boxer Ooh. Beer Co. In which uh, there are you know clever clever T shirts and you can get them on stickers and tote bags and hats and all kinds of different stuff like that. Some, uh, some Jesus-y stuff and some pop culture-y stuff and some sports-y stuff. So, uh, yeah, Boxer Beard Co. 
Um, link on, in the show notes on the socials yes go. and link in the show notes and and by the way i should mention that this fabulous woman who inspired my love for superstar uh my my college alumni facebook page has been going crazy that might be the dinging you've been hearing in the background <laughs> anyway um okui uh Okpak wasili is currently starring in broadway in for colored girls uh, oh wow, wow. So, awesome wow. yeah wow Wow. Mitchell, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, as you know, folks, uh, I'm always shilling for my LinkedIn account. Listen, we are almost at 500 connections on LinkedIn. That is the magic number when it comes to the way the LinkedIn algorithm works. You get me to 500 uh, and we'll stop doing these pledge drives. I hate doing them. You hate doing them. Get me to 500 connections on LinkedIn. I I hate LinkedIn. <laughs> we all hate LinkedIn, just like, but we've got to do it. So, <laughs> give it a five hundred, folks. Uh, maybe do an endorsement or two on some skills. You've heard some of the skills tonight. The public speaking, we appreciate it uh, very, very much. You can find me at Mitch Dupree on LinkedIn. Beautiful, um, Hannah. Uh, no, I'm gonna keep plugging at God fills the pod and at the Honey Initiative on Instagram. Uh, that's where you can find what Zach and I like to do in our free time as well. We are uh, not just podcast hosts. We are also uh, worship leaders and we've been doing a lot of fun stuff. And we have a few um, little things coming up throughout the summer and we'd love to do more into the fall. So, And the Honey Initiative is named there. after the color of your hair. Is that right, Hannah? Yeah, <laughs> named after uh, the fact that I'm practically Winnie the Pooh and that I eat honey maybe 70% of the day yes yes uh and i would like to plug the movie duel uh not the steven spielberg one but the riley stearns one with karen gillian and uh aaron paul that just came out can somebody else please watch that movie so we can talk about it um zach that that is so crazy because i just got amc plus to watch better call Saul, and i saw Uh it on there and i've been dying to watch it so i will call you later this week (laughs) okay yeah good thank you finally good but until next time i've been mr zach i've been mrs hannah i've been mr mitch and i guess that makes me mr drew well the adventure is over we're all heading home but i hope that you know friends you're never But for